most of you here tonight could uh, quote these verses without even reading them. But we're going to go ahead and, and reference them. <clears throat> James 5 and 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Amen. Now that's the most interesting uh, ending of those verses, that how that sin can cause some sicknesses. Amen. And uh, a lot of times when we think of sin, we think of all the big stuff. But sin can, can be just, as, just as, as small as thinking negative thoughts. Doubting God. Not taking God at His word. That can put you in trouble right there. I want to entitle this lesson this evening a little, it's not going the direction that you think it's going tonight. You think I'm going to talk about sickness and healing, but I'm not. I'm going to speak on this subject, why I need an elder. Why I need an elder. You may be seated. I sure wish Sister Twyla was here tonight. I could really pick on her hard tonight. <clears throat> Elders. What is an elder? I heard one said an old people. I heard someone else say a spiritually mature person. Wise person. Exactly what is an elder? When you look in Scripture, the word elder is all over the place. And it's actually pointed at different groups of people. When you say the word elder or elders, doesn't always mean the same bunch of folks. Elders is defined three different ways. The first one is elderly, a senior. Now I'll let you decide who's senior around here. And who's not? You know, some of you are old. You're the oldest of the young and the youngest of the old kind of thing. And we'll just kind of leave it right there. Because I, I've discovered I get into trouble on that kind of stuff. So the first definition of an elder would be someone that is old, elderly, a senior. Someone that has a lot of mileage. Amen. And then there is the second definition. Is the spiritually mature. A person that has corn in the crib spiritually. They have walked with God for a number of years and they have proven God then they could qualify as an elder. Then there's a third type. It's basically a term or a rank or an office. 
Uh, the thought comes to my mind in the United Pentecostal Church International. Uh, we basically have set up our church government uh, from the early years of Pentecost, from the 19-teens, uh, back when we were actually still under the umbrella of the Assemblies of God before they decided to become Trinitarian. And... Uh, they adopted what is known as the system of the presbytery or representative elders. And we still follow that particular guideline, at least in the hierarchy of the ministry, uh, that still is followed today. Uh, you may not be aware of it, uh, but when it comes to the United Pentecostal Church ministers, there's an elected presbytery board. And then there is a man that heads that board and also a secretary. And they are considered elders. And the reason they're considered elders is because of number two. They're spiritually mature. Or at least we certainly hope they are. Amen? And then there is also those that are in spiritual leadership, such as a pastor of a church can also qualify as an elder. Uh, I've known pastors that uh, are quite a bit younger than their parishioners, but because they have corn in the crib, they're spiritually mature, they're able to still be considered an elder. It really has nothing to do with age on that, but rather it is in reference to their spiritual content that they have in their life. Why do we need an elder? The scripture talks about the elders that rule. And so again, these are in reference to elders that are in the, excuse me, in leadership. And they have spiritual oversight. Within the gospels, the term elder referred to those in authority within Jewish affairs. You look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will discover that most of the time that the reference to elders there was referring to uh, the Sanhedrin or it was referring to perhaps a Pharisee or someone else that was high up in leadership that had a lot of knowledge in Jewish doctrine. And a lot of reference that you will find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in reference to elders is referring again to Jewish affairs. Because again, this predated the church. Jesus told the apostle Peter, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. Talking about the revelation of who he was. Said my Father which is in heaven, and upon this rock, this rock of revelation, I will build my church. So in the Gospels, the church had not yet been established. And because the church had not been established, the uh, issue of elders always referred to the Jewish portion of that particular issue. But then we come down to elders that are referred to in spiritual authority within the church. The church was established. We find that on the day of Pentecost and the last verses, it's the closing verses of chapter 2, it finally says the church again. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now establishing that the church now existed, whereas before it was spoken of in future terms, now it's speaking of in present and current terms. And so the issue or the understanding of elders changed at that particular time. You'll find in Acts chapter 11, why don't you just turn there for me and go to verse 27. 30. Yes. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, 
And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dareth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So this is the first reference that I can find after the establishment of the church where elders are mentioned. These are not the same elders of the Sanhedrin. These are not the elders of the Pharisee, the Sadducees, the scribes, some of these other men that were involved in Jewish affairs. But this is in specific reference to the church. So now we have a reference point where it's referring to elders that operate within the church. Now, again, these elders that it's making reference to is those that have uh, a spiritual, mature attitude about them, and often they are involved in leadership. Now, chapter 15, and we won't go there, but you can peruse through it at your own leisure later. In chapter 15, it also makes several references to elders. And these particular elders were in reference to the uh, issue of uh, circumcision and what have you that came up, and it was a very thorny issue. And with that particular issue, they relied upon a board of presbytery, just very similar to what we operate in the United Pentecostal Church. There was a, uh, a board, if you will, of elders, ministers, no doubt, that, that were at the church at Jerusalem, and James being usually the head of that, you'll find that these men came together and prayed and decided how to make church rules and church bylaws in reference to some of these thorny issues. So God used the wisdom of these men as they had been ordained. Now, it's in... Um, Chapter 14, verse 23. Read that for me, Brother Adam. Say, Brother Moats, where are you going? Just hang on. We'll, we'll get there in a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm building. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commanded them they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Okay, so here we find elders were considered those in spiritual leadership in the local church and were ordained as such. Now, ordained mean that they pulled them aside and laid hands upon them and appointed them to specific leadership positions within that church operation. And uh, a lot of these elders turned out to be ministers. Now, you'll also find in Revelation that there's numerous references again to elders. And these elders are types and shadows of things which are to come. Again, it's in reference to those that are spiritually mature, that are involved in the last days. But yet I want to bring, now that I've laid a foundation, I want to bring this comment to you. Why? I need an elder. Again, to say the word elder or elders, it doesn't always apply to the same thing. That's why you have to go in and set all these information that I've laid for the past 10, 15 minutes. But yet we see here where there is a need for an elder. There are basically three Basic reasons why that we should have an elder in our life. I know of young people, young ministers, that have decided that they do not need an elder in their life. They have decided that they'll just run with their peers and that they'll deal with those that are similar to their age. And so there is a folly in involving yourself without an elder. 
There are three basic reasons that the Lord impressed upon me, and I, I, I really don't know who this is for. Maybe it's for me. But I believe that there are three basic reasons that we need an elder. Number one, we need instruction in wisdom. Wisdom, there are two types of wisdom. There's the earthly wisdom, and then there's the wisdom that descends from above. And to be able to determine true wisdom, we need elders in our lives. We need men of God that have plowed the plow and they have walked the walk and, and they have lived the life that is necessary. And today they, they, uh, they, they walk with God and they have some things that they can share with us if we'll just listen. Everybody needs an elder in your life. There seems to be a growing trend with the new generation that basically that they'll find the scriptures for themselves and they'll interpret them as they see fit and they don't necessarily need to have an elder in their life. A lot of times I have seen it happen. In fact, I've seen scenarios just recently that occurred where men decided that they didn't need elders in their life. And so they have problems with those elders. The second thing that I would say the reason that we need an elder is we need an example to follow. First, we need godly instruction of wisdom that only can come from those that have been in the way for a long time. They've walked in the way with the Lord and they know exactly what God would have to say. I, the older that I get, the less that I rely on my own wisdom. Because my wisdom can fool me. Now, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When I was young, all you had to do is ask, and I, I pretty well had the answer. I just load your wagon. It didn't really matter. You know, I just had the answer. But as time goes along, you begin to realize that what you thought was the answer really wasn't the answer at all. Now, I'm not making reference to the Word of God. It never changes. There's no variableness in Him, neither shadow of turning. God's Word does not change. Men's opinions of God's Word changes, but God's Word never changes. Never before have I seen such, such folly of men stepping away from wisdom and deciding that they are going to follow their own path that suddenly it's no longer necessary to have holiness. That now that it's okay as long as you're baptized in Jesus' name, you've repented of your sins, and you've spoken in other tongues as the, as the Spirit of God came, it doesn't worry about any holiness that follows thereafter. You can dress like you want. You can act like you want. You can go where you want. You can speak like you want. Oh, God, help us. Oh, Lord. I've often said I don't preach holiness, I teach it. I think that it's wrong for a man of God to get up and to try to preach and shove holiness down somebody's throat. It'll never work. But if you can begin to teach, and only the elders can do this, an elder that has been with the Lord and has been in the Word and has rightly divided the Word of God and said this is how that we're to go. That the Word of God is forever settled in heaven and that there is no change there and that we must still remain holy before the Lord. It's not just an inner holiness, but if there is true inner holiness, then the outside will reflect what is going on on the inside. The 
The Bible makes it very clear it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And it also makes it clear that a woman, if she's to trim her hair, it's as if she has shaven it or shorn it. Look it up. It's in the Word of God. Say, well, I'm just trimming off the dead ends. You're cutting your hair. You're cutting your hair. It's kind of like a paycheck. Brother Justin, you have X amount of dollars that you bring home. Now, what if your boss says, now look, we're not going to cut your check. We're just going to trim a few bucks off. Tell me, is that still a cut or is that a cut? I'm not going to cut my hair. How foolish is that? You're walking in the light of your own fire. There's a scripture that talks about being careful about walking in the light of your own fire. You can't walk in your own wisdom. You've got to have the ministry of the elders in your life. You've got to have someone that has been there and has walked with God and has proven the word of the Lord and say, oh, God, Lord, help us, God, to please you in this last hour. So much that's happening in our world today, it disturbs me so much. I, I see so many things and not much I can do about it. But I can proclaim truth. Why I need an elder. There is a third reason that I need an elder. This one's the hardest one. And you're going to say when I say it, well, that, that doesn't seem to connect. Think about it before you say that. The third reason that I need an elder is to learn Submission. How can showing respect to an elder, how can that be submission? Because when I show respect to someone, it is a form of submission. When I show respect to someone, I'm saying that I prefer you above myself. And when it comes to having elders in our life, I have discovered that there is this commonality. Again, there are those that do not want to have elders in their life anymore. They'd rather just follow their own thinking and their own ways. The Bible talks about in the last days that there'll be those that would gather to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, there's a big discussion as to which one has itching ears. I'd say both would apply. Both the listener and the teacher both have itching ears. Itching ears meaning they enjoy what they hear and what is being said. There are things about the Word of God that is not always enjoyable. There are things about the Lord and the Word of God that tells us how to live and how to live righteously and godly in this present world that are not pleasant. Now, God's not going to expect you to do something that you cannot do. But that's what the Holy Ghost is for. And that's why that we have elders in our lives, so that those elders can be the example that we need in this last hour. Amen. So number one, I need instruction and wisdom. Number two, I need an example to follow. And number three, I need to learn submission. Get me 1 Timothy 5 and verse 1 and 2. How do I treat an elder? How would you treat an elder? Anybody? How would you treat an elder? Respect. Now, 
Let's go ahead and read 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Okay. Again, we're instructed as to how we are to treat elders in our lives. Now, somebody said, well, I disagree with my elder. That is part of the human equation. You're not going to see it just like I see it and vice versa. There will be times that you're going to look at it a little bit different. Now, when it comes to the word of the Lord, there's no private interpretation of Scripture or prophecy. We're not referring to Scripture here. We're talking about personalities. There'll be times that you're going to, you're not going to see it just the same. So how do I treat an elder when I don't really agree with my elder? First of all, you can disagree without being disrespectful. You can disagree without being disrespectful. I've seen individuals that as long as you agree with them, boy, I tell you what, they'll they'll ride with you all the way. But you get crossways with them, and then suddenly they get up in your face. Suddenly they decide that they're going to go all crazy on you and start disrespecting and screaming and hollering and carrying on acting a fool. Now, there is a right way and a wrong way to disagree. And we as Christians and children of the Lord need to learn this, especially when it comes to our elders. Because there will arise times that we'll have disagreements. And in those disagreements, we have to learn how to not cross a certain line. Because there is a spiritual authority that lies within that spiritual elder. And you don't want to cross over that particular line. Keep it in personalities by saying, you know what, uh, let's iron this out. we got some differences of opinion. Uh, let's, let's agree to disagree. I still love you in spite of it all. Hey, let's not, let's not fight over this. Uh, that, that's one thing. But to fall out with somebody and to have a terrible attitude towards somebody and completely rebuke them and, and, and put them, so to speak, in their place, especially in the elder, you're putting yourself in danger against God. Because there is a spiritual respect that we must give our elders in this last hour. We're seeing changes on a multiplicity of fronts all in our culture. Everything is being reinvented. Everything about that you knew as normal is now being changed and being retooled in our world as we speak. And within just a few short years that the Lord tarries, you will not even recognize your world anymore. And part of that is how to treat our elders. I've got to have my elders. Hey, I, I don't always agree with, the, with what the district board has to say. In fact, last year when they just made some decisions about COVID, I made it clear I didn't agree, but I still submitted. Big difference. I can disagree without being disrespectful. Amen. Why? Because I've got to have my elders. I've got to have my, I told Brother Daryl McCoy, I said, Brother McCoy, you're my pastor. And if I, if I, if I, I, I find myself needing some help, then you're the man I'm calling. Because I trust him with my life. I know he'll tell me the truth. And, and there have been times Brother McCoy told me stuff and I didn't agree with. I remember one time I was ready to leave church and Brother McCoy says, you need to stay another year. Mmm, that didn't set well. But I submitted. And I submitted. 
And there came a time, there came a time when I was attacked personally because of the things in which I had submitted to. And Brother McCoy came to my rescue as my elder. You know, we live in an imperfect world. God's perfect. His church, his church is predestined. But now the rest of us, you know, we got a free moral agent and sometimes you work, wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Somebody say you wake up grouchy. I said, no, I let her sleep, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, she usually beats me up. No, no, I ain't going to say that either. That don't sound good either, praise God. <laughs> she probably will not get home, praise God. Why I need an elder. I realize maybe this is not high on your priority of list things that you would have expected Brother Motes to talk about, but this has been on my mind all week long. We've got to have each other. And we submit one to another. And we've got to have the elders in our lives. Uh, I don't want to see ever a time where we completely walk away from what. The, I realize that there's a different way of doing things. For example, we don't maybe do as much uh, congregationals as we should. Go ahead and say it, Brother Charles, you know it. It's not intentional. I've been just this junk with chemo has messed me up about every Sunday. I try to do it, and I love congregationals. I've cut my teeth on them. I know, I know probably three fourths of that book. But you know, if we 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 do things a little different every once in a while, and and maybe uh, you know we, we we might sing some more modern songs, but then we sing some older songs, and I try to do a mix and match kind of thing with Sister Misty's uh, help, and uh, we try to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But when it comes to old time Pentecost. We need to hold fast to the things in which have been handed down to us. There's a new wind blowing. That new wind blowing, and I've already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. That new wind that blows says it's not necessary for you to have holiness anymore. As long as you've got holiness in here, that's all that is necessary. Anything out here is not necessary anymore. I beg to differ. It's very clear. The Scriptures makes it very clear that we are to observe how that we behave ourselves and we observe how that we dress. God, God, he calls it an abomination when you go to cross-dressing. It's very clear, those things. And, and I, we don't need to be wearing each other's clothes or anything pertaining to that. That's why that there's short hair on men and long hair on women. God wants the sexes separated. And the blurring of the lines. There was a woman that came up to my mother the other day. A woman that's been raised in the church. A woman in her 70s. Every time she get around my mother, she say, "Why? do you cut your hair? No, I know I don't cut my hair. She said, I used to be like that. But I don't feel convicted about cutting my hair anymore. You can sear your conscience with a hot iron and after a while you'll have no more feelings with this chemo that I deal with. It started with my fingertips. My fingertips start getting numb and now I don't have 100% feeling in my fingertips anymore and the chemotherapy did that to me. The nerve endings are just not, they don't cooperate anymore. And that's not the only thing. 
if you'll look real close at my fingers, there are no fingerprints left. Chemotherapy took that too. Things happen. And if you set your mind that you do not want to obey the word of God, and you walk in the light of your own fire and your own wisdom, and you say, I will not listen to the wisdom of elders, you know what God will do? If you receive not the love of the truth, how does the rest of that go, Brother Charles? That God would cause this in a strong delusion. How's the rest of it go? That they, they, they believe a lie that they might be damned or cursed. A curse comes upon them. Why is there a curse? Because they didn't have a love for truth. Why didn't they have a love for truth? Could it be possible that they did not listen to their elders? Second Timothy five seventeen. If there's a disagreement with an elder, never show disrespect. It is a witness to us submitting one to another. Whether you believe it or not, there are people that watch you every single day. And if you have trouble submitting to an elder, or if you have trouble submitting to authority, it'll show up. And those, there's people that will know it. They'll realize it, and they'll see it even when you don't think they see it. Let's go to 1 Timothy 5, 17. We were already at the first end of this particular uh, chapter. So let's go to 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Now, who are the elders that rule well? We're talking about elders, men or women, that are in positions of authority, spiritual authority. And they are ruling within that church body. It doesn't mean it's their kingdom, but they're ruling on behalf of the Lord. Let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor. Go ahead. Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And again, he singles out those that specifically preach. Especially those who labor in word and doctrine. Now, you can labor in word and doctrine and not be a preacher. Yes, you can. But for the most part, we normally see it within the ministry. Go to the next verse. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, Mm -hmm. and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Go ahead. Against an elder receive not an accusation. Let's pause right here. This is another issue that I have seen. I would say that this is very more common than you realize. Um, I've seen this happen within the United Pentecostal Church. Again, you have to understand that when I was born, we went to an Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the sister oneness organization. Um, and then also my grandfather, uh, Tommy Johnson, was independent, non-licensed uh, apostolic minister. So I have a perspective of from the independence to another organization to our own. And besides that, when I evangelized, I preached for those in the WPF and other organizations. And so... To see this, it says, against an elder, receive not an accusation. In other words, don't by default assume that the accusation that is given is correct when involving an elder. Why? Because of the respect. It doesn't mean that elders can't do wrong. Because there's more to this verse that deals with that. But what it is saying is, don't by default assume when it is involving an elder, that they're automatically wrong. In other words, you can put it this way, give them the benefit of the doubt. However, if there is two or three witnesses, 
then it needs to be dealt with. But even then, it must be dealt with carefully. Because again, we want to remain intact the sanctity of the elders. Not that we overlook any sin that they might commit, because elders do make mistakes too. But generally speaking, generally speaking, we assume first that it is incorrect and we wait on God to work it out. But if there is trouble, then we gather two or three witnesses and establish the fact and deal with the situation as needed. Verse 20. Then that sin rebuked before all, that others also may fear. Now again, he's adding to what we just read in the previous verse, and that includes elders. If they have sin, or anybody else that has sinned, you need to rebuke before all, that others may fear. Now, what is it referring to here? It's referring to where there is a sin that harms the body. If there is a sin that's going to harm the body, then there needs to be a dealing with that accountability. Now, sometimes it takes time. You can't always deal with an issue immediately. Sometimes you have to give God a little time to work things out. I understand that. But I also know that I have known of ministers that there's sin that has been in the camp for 4, 5, 10, 20 years, and they have never dealt with it. That puts another wrinkle on it. That makes it a totally different thing. I'm willing to work with anybody that's struggling and maybe not measuring exactly the way they should. That's, that's the Christian way. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. And how? In the spirit of meekness. How? Why? Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We understand that. But to step back and say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to just let it, whatever happen, happen. is foolishness. This is why we need elders in our life. Elders that will step up and say, the word of God is still clear. It needs to be dealt with. Verse 21. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I charge you before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and even the angels. That that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. He says, don't go picking and choosing your favorites. Just because you're buddy-buddy with somebody in the church, that doesn't mean that you give them preferential treatment. Come on. Verse 22. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Now, I like this verse because it's taken out of context a lot. Now, let's put this into context. We're talking about sins that might include an elder. He says, be careful about trying to deal with something suddenly. Now, that doesn't mean that you're allowing sin to just carry on. But you're using wisdom and allowing God to give you the right time to deal with it. So lay hands suddenly on no man. If there is an issue with someone, give God a chance to work it out. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. You ever heard of meddling? Poking your nose where it don't belong? That's partaking of other men's sins. If there's something going on with somebody else and you really don't have no business in it, say your prayers and just leave it alone. Because you'll find yourself getting in over your head. Keep thyself pure. Thank you, Brother Adam. I want to be pure. Now, being pure doesn't mean perfect. Being pure means that I I repent quickly when I make my mistakes. And see, I've learned this from elders that have taught me this all of my life. And by the same token, I turn and I teach it to you. 
And I trust that once it gets in your system and you receive it as unto the Lord, that you also then will in turn teach it to others. And that's the way the Word of God grows. But it all starts with an elder being able to teach it and to put it in our system. None of us are islands to ourselves. None of us are super spiritual and can, can make it. We stand, we literally stand on the backs of others that have, have come before us and have built this thing to where it is today. Thanks be unto the Lord. I don't take credit for, for you being on these pews to do these chairs tonight. There have been men long before me that that preached the gospel and elders that stood behind the sacred desk and gave what God thus saith the Lord. God help us that we remember our elders and stand with them and respect them in this last hour. One can be lost without an elder. How can I be lost without an elder? I thought as long as I just, you know, did the Acts 2.38 thing, and you talked about holiness, I do the holiness thing, that that's all I have to worry about. No. You've got to have an elder. Because you see, listen to me if you don't hear anything else I said, there's gray areas. Those areas that they're difficult to maneuver. Things that come up and you're not really sure which way to step. Things that are difficult and and the decision does not come simply. It's something that comes with great turmoil and great struggle. That is when you're going to need an elder. And at those times is when we, if we're not careful, can be lost because we make the wrong turn. We did it in, 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 in good faith. Yes, we did it in good faith, and we decided that this was surely the way. But yet wisdom said you should have listened to your elders because no man's an island to himself. We've got to have our elders. I feel the Lord right now. I've got to, I've got to have an elder. Having no elder can bring these three things, and I close. The first thing that not having an elder will bring to your life is deception. You can be deceived. The devil reads the Bible too. See, you got scripture for that? Sure do. Jesus had been 40 days fasting and here come the devil. What's he doing, brother Charles? He's quoting scripture. The devil's quoting scripture. (laughs) He's quoting the word to the word made flesh. (laughs) What audacity, what guts, what brass. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. If you allow yourself to a point where you think that you've got the answers, and that you don't need a spiritual elder in your life. You're wide open for deception. I don't care if you've served God for 75 years. I've seen people, I've seen people that have served God longer than myself, a lot longer. And they drop off it's like flies. I could fill a room with preachers that I remember in my childhood that no longer walk in truth today. I could fill this auditorium up with them. You know what happened to them? Somewhere along the way, they got away from godly counsel. They got away from it. And tonight they don't walk in truth. Some of them, 
one of my dear friends sings in bars today. All because he wouldn't listen to his elders. He got angry. He got angry with the district board. He got frustrated. Next thing you know, he's gone. The second thing that having no elder can bring, listen to me, it's called pride. I've got this figured out. I don't need your help. You might be surprised how much help you really do need help. And then finally, the third thing that having no elder can bring is God's displeasure. Look, I don't walk this way and serve God to the best of my ability and struggle sometimes in my flesh. I don't do that just so that I can discount what my elders have handed down to me at the last minute and say it don't matter anymore. I can't do that. Every jot, every tittle, every crossing of the T, every dotting of the I must remain intact. We've got to follow after the Lord hard. That's what it says in Psalms. I follow, following after the Lord hard. What does it mean hard? It means close. Following after the Lord as close as I can get there. Some folks, you know, it's like, what minimum can I get away with? Now, let's see, what can, I, what can I skate by with? I don't, I, you know, I don't have to pray today. I, I, I'll just double up tomorrow, and I'll, I'll kind of skate through, and I'll get by with this, and I'll get by with that. You know, I don't, you know you, maybe you can get by with it. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, but I can't do that. I got I to gotta, I gotta fall out to the Lord hard. I got to be close to him, as close as I can, and make sure that I, I, I'm all right. I got to make my calling and election sure. Stand with me today. Why I need an elder. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Lord, help us. Help us that we remember the words of our elders, both those that are living and those that have gone before, and let us stand true to God's word. Amen. Could you lift your hands right now and thank the Lord for his word? Oh, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy. Oh, help us, God, that we can walk uprightly before you and to do that which you would have us do. Help us, Lord God, to be found pleasing in your sight. And we'll give you the praise and the honor in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord bless you in the name of the Lord. Be friendly and hurry back.